Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. It's time to blow the trumpets, pop the champagne and the balloons because we've reached the magic 500 milestone. Yes, today we celebrate episode 500. I want to begin by thanking you, my wonderful audience, who have been on this journey with me, many of you since the very beginning. I also want to thank the 485 or so guests that I've had on the podcast. It's been a privilege to learn from accomplished entrepreneurs all around the world on the InnovaBuzz podcast, and I'm really privileged and so grateful to have you in my world. In this very special three-part anniversary episode 500, I'm joined by a panel of previous guests for some fascinating conversations that could very well lead in any direction. In the first of those three parts, I'm joined by Audrey Holst from episode 473, Aidan Nepom from episode 400, Kevin Perlmutter from episode 280, Mark Helpert from episode 258, Iggy Perillo from episode 430, Jason Van Orden from episode 275, and Neil Sperling from episode 200. So let's fly into the hive and join the conversation and see where it leads. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and today on this special episode of the InnovaBuzz podcast to celebrate 500 episodes, I'm really privileged to have a group of my former guests join me for a panel discussion that could go anywhere. It's uh, something that I thought would be a nice way to celebrate 500 episodes by having a few of these panel discussions with some of my guests. And I just mentioned as we were preparing to start the recording that each episode of the Innova Buzz podcast for me is a masterclass from an expert. And then, of course, I get to share that masterclass with you, my audience. So... What better way to celebrate 500 episodes than bring kind of a, a supercharged masterclass with a bunch of different people. So welcome everybody and I'll call on each of you to introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from geographically and also about your business of course and what's the difference you're making in the world today? What's the change you're bringing about in the world? I'm going to start with Audrey because you're top left in my screen. Hi, thanks so much. And congratulations again, Jürgen. It's cool to see everybody here. And I know now what episodes 
of the Innova Buzz podcast, I'm going to go back and listen to. So uh, <laughs> that's super exciting. I'm from Waltham, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston. I am the founder of Fortitude and Flow and the Perfectionist Archetypes, and I help high achievers and high performers to stop micromanaging their lives with perfectionism so they can actually start living. And I'm super excited for this conversation. Great. And, um, you know, we also, well, I certainly suffer from perfectionism from time to time. And I was just um, adjusting a spreadsheet um, earlier this morning and noticed that there was one column that was one cent out. And I went back and adjusted that column and went back and adjusted everything that was connected to that column. <laughs> I went back and I thought, hmm, what difference is that going to actually make? <laughs> but it was wrong. All right, Aiden. Hi, I'm Aiden Nepom, episode 400. Uh, I, <laughs> I am the president at the Art of Change Skills for Life. I'm a director at On Your Feet Improvisation for Business. And I'm a professional performer. And what I do is I help people have impactful conversations, better interpersonal relations, and better outcomes collaboratively in the workplace. And that's certainly needed, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really driven by this idea that the better we can have meaningful interactions with each other, the more we can see each other as humans and celebrate our differences instead of set each other apart because of them from politics to choices around health to um, skin color to hair choices you name it and um, the more we can see each other as uh, members of one collective human race the better off we'll be mm -hmm. yeah my business coach has this philosophy and and it's kind of the belief system that um, looking for similarities rather than differences. So not looking for, you know, you're a man, I'm a woman. I got that wrong way around anyway, but <laughs> you get the point, right? <laughs> you're, I'm, yeah. I'm white, somebody else is not. Um, I'm European, somebody else is not, and so on. Rather looking for the similarities. So we're all human. We all have this need for connection. Um, we've all got a unique contribution to make to the world. So looking for those unique commonalities that, that give us something to talk to one another about. Absolutely. Building affinity connections is a really powerful choice. Hmm. Great. All right. Uh, Kevin. Hey, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Jürgen, for having me on this um, this anniversary episode, this really amazing 500th episode. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm Kevin Perlmutter. I'm from the New York City area. And uh, my business is um, Limbic Brand Evolution, which is a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy. And the question that I help my clients answer and activate against is why should people care about your brand with an emphasis on care? Hmm. And at this moment in time in, in our world's history, with all that's going on and um, so, so many things happening with people at an emotional level related to work and home and health. Um, you know, it, it really, it really makes sense to know that brands have a place in the world where they can actually make people's lives better. And many of them do. And what I help them do and where I'm making a difference is I'm focusing on how to help them express what they do well and how they're making people's lives better. 
and also helping to understand, helping them to understand what people need, want, and desire in life and why they should care about that brand and bring that brand into their life. So I'm, I'm really, um, again, very happy to be here and um, happy you're having me back and uh, look forward to every aspect of this conversation. Hmm. Yeah, and we, had, we did have a fascinating conversation around all aspects of branding and particularly the, the neurological or the neuroscience uh, behind positioning your brand in a way that actually connects with people and shows them that you care as a business and generates those kind of conversations that we were just talking about a moment ago. Yeah, that was a wonderful conversation that we had. And you know, what it really comes down to is brands that understand you and and put you in put you in a relationship with them where it seems like they care and what they're doing was designed with you in mind. Um, those are the brands that we attach ourselves to. Hmm. Wonderful. All right, Neil, you're next on my Hi. screen. How you doing, Jurgen? I'm trying to remember now. It only seemed like a short time ago, but was I on your 300th broadcast? It was one of those milestones. Uh, yes, that is, that is correct. You were on 300. Aiden was yeah. on 400. <laughs> so we've got now some round numbers here. More. I mean, you, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You're doing it right. And I, I just wanted to respond briefly to Kevin. Um, so I love what Kevin's doing because I remember seeing Simon Sinek's talk about what's your why and he wrote the whole book about it. He talked about the limbic brain where decisions are made. So bravo for uh, taking that kernel and turning it into a cornfield because it's exactly, I think, a very smart way to help people to connect up those pieces. So I use the word connect. I, I, I guess I'm known as a super connector. I like to really refer to myself as the world's greatest misfit because that's what I was for most of my life. But that lack of clarity led me on a quest to get clarity. So um, I tested pretty high in a certain area in school with puzzles, but I didn't know quite what to do with it. And long story short, I spent 20 years studying the greatest minds in history as to how they were so successful and what made them different and better. So um, after spending 20 years uh, studying Da Vinci, Einstein, Edison, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, um, I finally got clarity and realized they were all systems thinkers. So today I've created that and turned that into a package where I offer that clarity to clients uh, with respect to actually a two-step process. And it's pretty simple as all great things are when you can distill them down to the simplest level of complexity, which is one of the things I learned they all have done, which is that uh, everything is a system. They were all uh, great systems thinkers. And then they also have the clarity to understand a system without a sequence is still a system that's not yet perfected. So I help clients systematize and sequence to get optimal acceleration and results in whatever their challenge is today. And so I've been blessed because now it's choose your own adventure. I, apparently I, the word is out and I get calls from some of the most amazing people in the world to solve their most complex challenges. So that's really neat. Hmm. And you've connected me to so many amazing people. I think there's nobody in the world you don't know. You know, I, I used to believe that that was a myth. And if people wanted me to walk on water, I asked them to help me out, put a log <laughs> under my feet and not tell anybody. But um, the truth is, uh, eventually, as this has gone forward, I've gotten it down to I'm probably one away from anybody who's probably has some influence in the world. And 
built relationships and friendship as part of the system of understanding how you authentically connect with people to allow you to have that opportunity. So I basically have a, a whole network of super influencers now in multiple vertical markets, and it's amazing. I, I, I just can't tell you how amazing this year has been starting off, and I have my doubts, but mm. uh, I'm sure we'll get into it with everybody else. And I'm grateful to you because you're a real class act and have a lot of humanity, and I think that's probably your secret. Yeah, well, thanks for that. I, I, I kind of love systems. I write things down when I do them so that I can remember how to do them next time. And yeah. um, I started doing that because really I, my memory is not that good. But then I realized that that was actually a very powerful way to save time the second time and, the, and subsequent times you do something. And over time, I've realized that if you bring that human connection part into it that you mentioned, and marry the two things up, it is very powerful. And it does lead to those connections, that care that um, others have talked about, Kevin. And, and I think that's why you resonate so well with so many people, because you're bringing it back to where we all began, which is the center point of how we connect. And it's through the limbic brain, as, as Kevin was talking about. But, you know, a lot of people now were so immersed in technology, we forget that as a lot of these people figure it out, reducing everything to its simplest level of complexity is really the path road to achievement. Mm, great, wonderful. Thanks, Neil. Jason, you're next on my screen. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Jurgen. So I'm Jason Van Orden. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I work with coaches and consultants and other people with amazing knowledge and help them package it up in ways that help them reach more people with that knowledge and create new income streams out of that so they can help as many people as possible in the world. And I like your question about what is the difference we think we're, we're making in the world. And my, the reason why I do what I do goes back to a story. I'll make this very quick. It's just a little anecdote. There's a woman that called me in 2008. I was early on in, in consulting and podcasting. And she said, you know, I've been on two high-risk pregnancy um, bed rest experiences where it's very hard. I was you know, stuck in bed for months and months and months on end. I didn't know, like, how am I going to take care of my family? How do I keep healthy? How do I, you know, what does this, what does this mean? Felt very stuck. And she said, now I want to share that story because I know there are a lot of other women out there particularly, you know, she's, she's uh, a black ethnicity. And she said, it was like really bad information for other women in the black community for high risk pregnancy. And so we started a podcast for her. And within months, she was receiving, um, she got this from Oman, this wonderful message of saying, there's nothing like what you're talking about where I'm at. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And a woman from Ireland has said, you know, I feel like you saved my baby's life with your story, encouraging me through my pregnancy. So that's what I do, what I, why I do what I do, because I feel like there's so many of those voices around the world and the internet allows those voices to reach the people that need to hear the most, the people and problems that they can help the most. And so I want to enable that as much as I can with my consulting and my, my workshops and the frameworks and the content that I put out there online because there are a lot of problems to solve in the world and so if i can you know make those little contributions and hopefully it reverberates out from there hmm. i love that story because it really highlights that you know we we can have such a powerful impact and it is so consistent with what we've been talking about the caring and and making a difference in people's lives but not just helping them grow their business which of course, to me is is still quite inspiring, but a change like that that is so deeply personal and so life altering. 
um, is, is very powerful. So good for you, Jason. Thanks. Iggy, you're next on my screen. Hello there. I'm Iggy Perillo from based in Portland, Oregon in the US, and I am so excited to be here on your 500th episode, Jurgen. That's an amazing milestone. Congratulations on that. That's like I'm so happy for you. I am the founder of WSL Leadership, and my mission is to help leaders be more emotionally intelligent. I do that through education, through masterminds, different things. My general vibe feeling is that leaders are can be great and leaders are even better when they use their emotional intelligence. They're more productive. Everyone who works with them is happier and everyone who works with them feels more fulfilled. They feel more fulfilled. Productivity goes through the roof and everything. The world is actually a better place and leaders are this pivotal point of influence in the lives of the people around them. Not just day-to-day -day life of how much you get paid or what your work hours are, but the culture of the workplaces that people create have a huge influence on their lives. And so I help leaders do that well and bring their emotional intelligence forward in what they do and still maintain a really solid bottom line with their work. Hmm. Yeah, I love love that work. And I've been having quite a few conversations in, in recent episodes with people that have rapidly grown businesses. They've been hugely successful in their business, rapidly grown it, and as a result, of course, had to bring on staff to um, handle the increased workload, the increased... Um, throughput that they've got and and it's always fascinating to hear how they build this culture of um, ownership and of responsibility and bring on people that are a really good fit for the culture and and do that with empathy and with connection so yeah absolutely without an organization based on trust you're really shooting yourself in the foot so that's so great yeah. you have so many leaders that are just really invested in being intentional i think the unintentional doesn't always go so well. Yeah, that's right. And and I remember in my very early days in um, the corporate world, I mean, when I was first hired out of university and then I did a really good job in the job I was given. So they said, oh, you, you'd be a good leader. So here's a group of people to lead. And all of a sudden, oh, this is uh, really hard. And if I hadn't known in those early days that you know, addressing things like culture and really working on my own soft skills to bring empathy to the table. Had I known that then, um, things probably would have worked out a lot better. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, worked, they worked out okay, but there are lots of lots of painful lessons along the way. I think you're not alone in people who learn by being thrown into the fire a little bit. Yeah. That's a, that's a, not, not a great model, but somehow weirdly one we see so often. Yeah. So way to persevere. Good job on your part for that. <laughs> Iggy, right. I forgot to mention where I'm from. I also live in the Portland, Oregon area. So we're going to have Fantastic. to Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so great. And I'm outside of Portland, but my office, when I used to go to one, um, is in Southeast Portland. So that's so cool. I, perfect. And I love improv scene in Portland. So I'm sure we may have hey. crossed paths, which is so yeah. great. Maybe we have. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you needed uh, somebody in Australia to introduce you. <laughs> so great. What, <laughs> what a it's small a big, world. Big yeah. city, small world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Mark, we haven't heard from you yet. Hi, I'm Mark Halpert. Uh, I am in Fairfield, Connecticut, um, but I work intergalactically to bring people together through LinkedIn. Um, I believe that single most isolating aspect of the pandemic is that we don't know how to reach other people and we don't know what they need to know about us and we're scared to death to talk about ourselves. And I see heads nodding and I, I, I know this resonates 
at people in all walks of life. And at this point, I think now 12 years a LinkedIn coach, I've seen just about everything until the next client comes in and it's that much more complicated. So I like to say, I go in one ear, I look around what's inside, I come out the other ear and try to figure out how to get somebody to get out from under themselves and talk about themselves on LinkedIn in the nanosecond of attention span we have to decide whether we wanna read your profile or not. And people say, I work so hard on my honors and awards. You know what? No one read it because they didn't like what they saw in your headline and in your about section. And you didn't even give them anything so we can understand what you do, why you do it. And thank you, Neil, for mentioning that. It's the Simon Sinek why. Why do we do what we do? Not what did we do, but what we did in the past makes us who we are today. We need to talk about that stuff. And where we are today indicates where we might go in our future. So that gives us more interest to people who are considering us for whatever that may be. And at this point, I am just amazed at the degree of fear that people have about talking about their emotional instability or stability and what they want to learn and where they want to go because we're too worried about the present. So we have to get out of the mindset of no one is interested in me, and we have to give them reasons to be interested in us, not just based upon our profile, but based upon content that we create and that we spread and that we comment on and we create discussion. Because you can give all the little thumbs up and little clappy hands to all the comments in the world on LinkedIn, and it doesn't do a bit of good for anybody. It doesn't tell why you liked it. It doesn't tell the person who wrote it why you liked it. And they can't go from there to make anything else even better going forward. So I'm all about the conversation. I like going back to good old fashioned words in this electronic method that we're in right now. So Jurgen, I want to thank you. I mean, a huge thank you. I had to go, like you said, to a guy in Australia to introduce <laughs> me to somebody in one of these sessions. She and I were in the same breakout room. And then I came back the next month for the next session. She and I were again in the same breakout room. It was meant to be. It was Maxine Cunningham in Vancouver, who's creating what's called Pick My Brain. And she's on to something, I think, huge to create a library of people who want to give freely of their information to other people. She introduced me to four other people in my cohort learning how to use Pick My Brain. And we've become this clan of crazy people who love each other. I was on, I, we're, we're on, we talk to each other almost every other day. It's, it's amazing. One in Amsterdam, one in California, one in Vancouver, and one in South Africa. So I thank you. I was episode 258 on your show. I had, I see not a round number, so you can play those numbers if they're, if that's interesting to you. But I thank you for this and I applaud you for doing 500 broadcasts. That's a, an, it's an outstanding number. So good for you. Well, thanks, Mark. And, and thanks for the shout out on your blog post this morning, which, which essentially you spoke about what you, what you yes. just shared with us. And um, it is amazing that you know, I mean, I, I feel privileged that I've met so many people through my podcast and I've got this, I, I'm putting together a system I'm calling the flywheel now because we've drawn the process actually as a circle. It's because our logo is in the middle, our little icon, and so it's a circle and I'm calling it the flywheel. And it is really a flywheel in that 
people introduce me to others um, that they think would make good guests on the show. And so even if I do absolutely nothing actively to invite guests onto the show, there's people knocking on my door all the time. So I can't um, can't stop it. <laughs> it's one of those things. And, and one of the things you mentioned about um, having conversations on LinkedIn rather than just liking something or so on. And of course, you have conversations on something that interests you, but I think it's important to actually comment back and initiate that conversation. And one of the things that I reflect on, and I'm going through a course right now with um, James Clear. Um, it's based on his Atomic Habits book, and it's 30 Days to um, Better Habits. Um, the fascinating thing, I mean, it, it, it's really based on the book. It's just reminding me a lot of the principles in the book. But the fascinating thing that always reminds me again is consistency just being consistent with the little things and whether that's um, having commenting on blog posts every day in LinkedIn and having discussions every day on, on LinkedIn that compounds to build those relationships. And if I think back, I mean, I, I tell people now at the end of my episode in the debrief, hey, we're publishing your episode on such and such a date and it's going to be episode... And of course, now I'm saying episode 500 and something. And each time I say that, I usually get a response and I, I always reflect back and think, wow, that, that's pretty impressive. And really, it's just been consistency day in, day out, week in, week out, repeating the same process. Of course, I've had awesome guests that have helped. And of course, my audience has been awesome. So hopefully this episode as well will contribute to all of that. So thanks everyone for sharing your introductions and what what's got you in uh, what's the change you're making in the world and I think there's a bit of a theme across the board there. What I thought I'd do now is um, kind of take that a little bit further and say what's what's got you really excited about 2022. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around that part as well, isn't it? <laughs> um, so we're in the early days. So Mark, why don't you kick us off with that one? Well, again, from a LinkedIn lens, because that's what I know best, um, what you will see in LinkedIn in 2022 is probably a lot more effort towards communication, again, with the theme that we're talking about here. Right now, you can immediately video anybody on LinkedIn that you're connected to. You probably don't know that. But next time you go to send a message to somebody, look for the little camera on the top right corner of the message box and it'll ask you do you want to immediate message somebody right then and there well what what a cool idea you know why not just make it a conversation send them a video back? i'm sorry send them a video send them a video or create a zoom type video like we're doing right now so that's well, the I've, one thing. i've been i've been using third-party tools to record videos and then send them to people on linkedin that's another so that, way to do it absolutely yeah, so that's absolutely. that's going to save me a little bit of time is it yeah, it's going to save you a heck of a lot of time. <laughs> and the other thing that you're going to see, and it's coming, it's being tested right now, is going to be like a clubhouse type of thing. It's going to be an audio social media where you can just chat with somebody, just like picking up the phone without having a telephone. Hmm. Nothing's really new under the sun at the end of the day. And LinkedIn is a little slow sometimes to pick up like the audio video, the audio social media. That's clubhouse. That's, that's, that ship's sailed already as far as I'm concerned. But nonetheless, Use it the way that makes sense for the situation 
and you can save yourself and make a big impact on somebody. Save yourself that time and know, let them know you're in the moment, you're relevant, you want to take care of it right away because our world lives on a fast nanosecond these days. And this is just another way to take the tool and manipulate it for your own purposes. So I'm excited about it. Not so much that you can do it, but why you should do it. So, Mark, are you saying that you have a video button where you can send a video message, or are you saying you have a video button where you can go into a video chat? Either way. Either way. It can be used either way. It can be used either way. You can even set up an appointment with somebody. See, what happened is Microsoft wow. bought them you know, a long time ago, and they really right. need to get the most out of it. And so they're trying to bring you within the four walls of Microsoft, so you never really have to leave. And so... This becomes another opportunity for all of us to talk. And you can pick up the phone or pick up the, the video and speak to anybody anywhere in the world, so long as I have internet. Yeah, we knew that. But now you can do it within LinkedIn, never leave LinkedIn. And like Jurgen said, he has to leave LinkedIn to have those conversations, to put it back in LinkedIn. Well, that's an inefficiency that I think that finally they figured out. So I don't work for LinkedIn. I can be really critical of LinkedIn if you ever read my material, um, but nonetheless, Every tool you have afforded to you gives you another opportunity to make an impression on somebody else. And they'll never forget that. Although now I'm having this like uh, trepidation that I'm going to start getting cold video messages from people <laughs> who want to sell me their services. Well, yeah, I mean, that, you know, you'll, you'll never <laughs> stop that. It's like, hi, my name is Mark. <laughs> I want to connect to you and I want to sell you this, that and the other. Would you connect to me, please? You know, those are the people we're trying to eradicate, you know, from LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's hard. Um, mm. and, 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 you know, call them down. Report them. Folks, report them. Because LinkedIn you wants can to report open. that? Yes, you yeah, can report that. You can. Okay, I now, you're, now yeah. I'm excited about 2022. Yeah, yeah. It's a contradiction <laughs> of the terms and conditions of LinkedIn. And they yeah, want to I, know I did one recently um, because they kept sending me something weekly essentially mm -hmm. it was a weekly personal message hey join my program buy my stuff whatever it was i didn't even pay much attention to it but it was you know somebody that i had connected to years ago um i'd never heard from them i'd never had any other interactions with them they were just in my connections and all of a sudden they must be doing some promotion they started sending this out and obviously it was a, a blast broadcast and the first time i just ignored it the second time I ignored it, and the third time it happened in the third week, I thought, no, I'm going to report this. Yeah, these things and come in waves. They come in waves. It's crazy. I mean, I had a wave for months of women in Ghana who wanted to meet me who were in <laughs> hairstyling. Uh, come on. <laughs> so so it, it was it was just absurd. And, <laughs> and, and they finally got rid of it because enough people reported them. There's a new thing going on right now. There's a lot of political jabber going on on LinkedIn, and it has no place on LinkedIn. Hmm. We have to be self-policing. We have to be reporting this. And there's a lot of sexual innuendo going on right now. A lot of men are getting hit on. A lot of women are getting hit on. It does not matter what gender you are. There is stuff like that going on right now. You have to report it to get them off the system. Hmm. All right. I've gone, into, I've gone way right. beyond what you asked. But nonetheless, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff coming. There will be some changes to the user interface. Get ready for it. The reason I know that is I sit on a, a, a task force of LinkedIn coaches that helps them understand what they should be doing better or different. So um, 
we all opine a lot. They listen to us once in a while. Um, but basically, you have a bunch of 24-year-olds running LinkedIn as opposed to a bunch of 44, 54, 64-year-olds who understand business. So that's why you get this weird interaction on LinkedIn mm. not being particularly business savvy. That's fascinating. You know, something that I am uh, intrigued by, uh, it's come up a couple of times around this idea of content creation and making authentic you know, um, connections with people and really letting people know who you are. And I think there's an interesting line that delineates bringing your authentic self, your best self, your whole self, uh, to make those connections. And I think it's confusing for people. So to your point about like political chatter doesn't really belong on LinkedIn any more than hitting on people belongs on LinkedIn. But I wonder if people really get confused about how do I show you who I am? I want you to know who I stand, what I stand for, because it speaks to my values. But also like, I don't want to get so hung up on these issues that it distracts from the value I'm providing, which is what LinkedIn I think is actually about. And I, I wonder if that's just like a confusing area for people. I feel like the past yes. two years have been a very confusing time for people. So something I'm excited about for 2022 is I think that as people, you know, in the change cycle, there's this, there's resistance, there's a lot of emotions that come up around things. And some of that is well-placed and some of that is counterproductive. So I'm looking forward to what I think, what I hope, in 2022 will be more clarity for people around what they want, how they want to work with each other. And, and now that we're no longer sort of fighting against interacting with each other at a distance virtually, people are really seeing things open up in that way. So, you know, we're in 2020, I had a lot of things canceled because people were like, we could never have a keynote speaker hmm. come talk to us about our interpersonal relationships at work over Zoom. That's absurdity. Now it's like super commonplace. So yeah. I think 2022 has this opportunity to open things up for people where it doesn't feel like the world is such a like turbulent, confusing place. At least that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm holding my, I'm not holding my breath for anything, but keeping my fingers crossed, generating excitement around. That's to me where 2022 has a lot of opportunity. Yeah. I love it. I'd love to it's, it's, um, I mean, it, to me, it comes back to, it's fascinating. I was reading an email newsletter this morning about and and um, this lady. She's been on my podcast as well, um, Kim Kim Doyle, and she wrote about Facebook. She had this post about Facebook and social media, and she said, you know, she did a poll on um, in her email asking people, "Do you still use Facebook?" And she'd written a blog post about it and uh, for the newsletter. And she said, I totally rewrote it the day before I published it because 85% of the people came back and said, no, they don't use Facebook because of a lot of the things we've talked about here because it's just a waste of time and you know, uh, ad spend has gone through the roof and it's pretty much what Facebook wants. It's not really serving their audience. And I mm -hmm. certainly, I mean, I uh, probably... Two months into when the pandemic started back in 2020, I decided I wasn't going to spend any time on Facebook. Um, I still post there through my systems, um, but it's really just pushing content out there. I don't spend any time engaging there. And my, my focus really is LinkedIn. And I think it comes back to people just 
kind of you know this abdicating to technology that I think Neil mentioned earlier. People think they're anonymous when they're on these social media things and they can <laughs> do all kinds of weird things that they would never do in real life. But if you just behave like a decent person, like you hopefully would in real life on the social media platforms, then things should work out well. You would think that after however many years we've now been on these platforms that we would have figured out that if you put it on the internet, people will see it. Yeah. And yet people somehow managed to continually be surprised by that. I took the big gamble of leaving Facebook entirely. I've pulled mm -hmm. out. Uh, January 1st, I deleted my huh. account my oh. business page I, and I'd my like Facebook. I love that. I'm so I'd excited. I'm so excited like, about I'd that. Like too. I'd love I, to comment I just, on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to jump in really quickly. Just um, some of the stuff we were talking about. I'm, I'm rereading Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, which if any of you have read it or not read it, I feel like a lot of what we're talking about is around those themes of what it means to be connected, what conversation means, versus connection and how conversations are different than pure connection, how uh, like social media is not really, it's not conversation. It's just these little hits of connection, which makes us feel like we're doing something, but we're not actually doing something. And so something that I loved uh, as I was listening to everybody talk about what they do in the world is there is this common theme around being connected to real people, right? Like you, you are meeting with people on Zoom, you're having actual conversations. And I think that that is something that is so has been so missing the past two years for people. So I think that for audiences, and I think that for creators, and I think for businesses, actual like getting back to old fashioned, actually, maybe even picking up the phone and having a conversation with somebody, yeah, get a thumbs up for Mark, is what is going to be needed to actually like bring people back in and nurture business. And I also think that for us as business owners, and I've seen this in myself too, is like this huge desire for collaboration. So it's not just a go it alone philosophy as much as it used to be, but I think people actually want to be with each other and working with each other in a collaborative way. And I think that's not true of everybody, but I think that there is a, a, a big desire there. So I just wanted to mention that because it's definitely like floating around in this conversation and in the water in general. I love that. I love that, Audrey. It's such a great thing to talk about. And, you know, as it relates to relationships online, relationships and human, you know, I, I think is in this world right now, our, our BS meters are, are, are pretty attuned to the world. And, we don't want to be sold to. We don't want spam. We don't want people flying into our um, into our feeds and our email inboxes and trying to sell us stuff. I mean, we all get tons of email and LinkedIn messages a day trying to tell us why they need to sell us something. Huh. And relationships, the relationships that are most successful are the ones where people are just authentic and they're they're being real about who they are. Um, you feel like you're being spoken to as a human. Um, you're you're getting under this. Uh, you're getting knowledge about people. Like you feel like you're getting inside them, and you understand what they're all about. And you make a decision whether or not that's for you or not for you. And and that's how you build relationships these days. And um, I, whether it's one to one human relationships or relationships with brands, it's all about feeling understood and cared for, and feeling like the conversation was designed with you in mind. And, I and it's so, so important right now. Exactly what you're saying, agree. Kevin. 
Like we see so many people leaving, like Aiden just saying she left Facebook. Good for you. Like it doesn't serve you. Go. But people are leaving their workplaces too. That this job isn't working for you. The culture of how this work is done doesn't work for you. It feels inauthentic. It doesn't recognize you as a person. I'm so I'm excited for 2022 to see more people vote with their feet essentially and leave situations, people, jobs, social media platforms, whatever it is that isn't serving them as a person. And I think when we see more of these stories of the CEO just got the boot because they fired everyone on Zoom yesterday. You know, like whatever it is, like people are just these great, crazy, like feeling sold to is one thing, but feeling just dehumanized by our relationships. Are, I think people can't don't tolerate that anymore. And I'm so excited to see more people not literally not tolerating it, leaving, speaking out, doing all these different things. So I totally agree with you, Kevin. Like the, our meter for this is finally attuned and people are doing something about it. I'm super excited about that. So and, and I just I wanted a that. comment from earlier. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. You haven't spoken. No, I, I just wanted to say it's interesting because I've kind of watched social media grow up for everybody and I completely stayed off all of it with the exception of somebody twisted my arm to get on LinkedIn because I was such a misfit. I had my own ideas about it, which is like, why would anyone want to listen to me? And, you know, what do I have to say that's important? And there were probably things that were percolating, but they weren't just stated to the point where they were I felt ready to be mature and shared. So I took the approach like Einstein did when he was looking at solving problems, because these are all the people who influenced me and I was studying. And he spent 55 minutes on the problem and five minutes on the solution. And most people are spending five minutes to a lifetime uh, on, on the trying to get to a solution instead of working on the problem. So for me, the problem was like, what, who am I at my core? What do I want to share? And then, it, you know, the audience would find me, essentially, and it's actually exactly how it happened. Um, I was asked to give a TED Talk on how to connect with anyone, anywhere, at any time. I didn't seek it out, but I developed these ideas and principles, and somebody felt that they were worthwhile to listen to. The next thing I know, more and more people were seeking me out. I get about 250 emails a day. I'm not talking about the spam kind, but from my own private network that I built of trusted super influencers who are all referring their business to each other. So I don't need to rely on technology to help me to get to different people. I essentially kind of figured out the tools of how to become really super authentic and help people not even get what they want, but what they really authentically need, what they may not have the clarity around. And consequently, because of that, I've made friends, authentic friends with amazing people who then refer business to me. So it's at the point now where it's choose your own adventure. You know, I wake Neil, up. Neil, it sounds like your friends are trying to call you right now. Yeah, you I had actually, I'm sorry, I thought I put that on mute and it's <laughs> actually the case. There's a big deal going down, but this is a bigger deal to me to give back because Jurgen is just such a special person. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, point, the point being, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people make things complicated. And, mm. and I am such a proponent of simplifying. I have a, a friend who's extremely wealthy, self-made, who always has drilled this into me about reducing everything to the simplest level of complexity. And it's so true, you know? And so I think a lot of people now in 2022 are, are of actually responding in this way of realizing that the world's gotten very complicated, very noisy, and they want to reduce the stress that comes with the complexity. And so consequently, they're decoupling. And so it's an ironic time because now I'm, I'm finding that 
I, I really can choose my own adventure. I have such amazing things happening and it's not because I have to force situations or try to get to the right person or figure this piece out and that piece out. It's just, I go to the bullseye, like, okay, you know, what's the most optimal project with the most optimal people that would create the most optimal result. And the only thing I have to do is articulate the value proposition in such a convincing way that they'll all see it and bring them together. And so I'm, I'm working on something right now. I mean, I'll save this for another session because we all want to share our voice and, and uh, our messages. But I am thrilled yeah. that I've gotten on a personal level where I feel like I'm truly reached the point where I'm self-actualized and I have something of value to say. If I wanted to be on social media, I could. And also the people who I need to uh, reach will listen to that voice. And I get to work on literally some of the world's grand challenges and bring people together around those things that need solving the most important questions that we're dealing with. And so I, it's just a very exciting time. Anyway. Well, thank, yeah, thanks. Thanks for your kind comments, Neil. And I think one of the things you bring up, which I mean, it, it's something that I'm looking into, how, how do you do this is these social media platforms, it's somebody else's real estate. How do you bring the community together and then bring them into your own real estate and that may be I, I just want to keep answer that i don't want to interrupt your train of thought but i introduce you to Solema, and then i promise to be quiet everyone needs to have their time but if, if i don't share this so Solema and i were on the uh, phone and she said something to me and i thought well that's profound and i need to share that with jürgen i need to share it with you before you interview her so she was she's given three thousand two thousand three thousand speeches around the world and you know i mean she's just She's an overachiever and she's up Absolutely. there in Silicon Valley and she's become a friend because I just simply offered to help her. I thought, you know, you've got talent and I probably know people can help you. And that's the reason I called her. She didn't know me from Adam and we've become friends because she's gave back and she shared an idea with me that I wanted to share with you. I'm going to pay it forward, including the mark. So if you've got, for example, these quirky people you found in Vancouver or Jurgen, you found these interesting, extraordinary marketing people. What you're really doing is you have the makings of a community. So what she said is, you know, I have different communities I've created. I've created like seven videos. And for those people, I send those seven, and I'm, I don't have it all down correctly, but this is the gist of it. I have these like seven videos and I share them with my community and I charge them like $1,200 a month or whatever, because the value in that and the information they see is much greater than that. So you do the math, She's got 400 to 1200 a month here, and she's got 200 with, you know, that amount of money there. And she doesn't need to be speaking all over the world anymore, right? Because there's a lot of travel expenses and, you know, uh, exposure to COVID and all these other challenges. She's Fine. made it simple. And so there's an opportunity to really create these communities in, in your own apps or like in Clubhouse, for example, to for people to uh, democratize their voice and not have to rely on these bigger social media platforms. When I interviewed Alvin Toffler, he told me about the third wave and I asked him about it and I'll just wrap it up with this. And I said, you know, well, it doesn't feel like that. And he says, well, waves come in on top of waves and we're not always conscious of what wave we're in, which was fascinating. And we're in one of those transitional wave periods right now. It's like when trees grow up and there's the biggest tree in the forest and we notice it, it eventually has to die and shed its leaves and, and drop its fruit for new trees to come up. And that's what's happening right now with Clubhouse, 
and creating your own platforms and your own communities. So it's a very exciting time if you look at it from that lens, through that lens. Hmm. Well, Jason, you, you've been relatively quiet. You've been working really hard on building community and building your own um, events that bring bring together that community and grow that community. So what's got you excited for 2022? One of the, there are a couple of themes I've picked up on here. Um, a, a word that I like is democratization. Um, and <clears throat> when you think about democratization, it's a very, um, or decentralization, it's a very, dis those are both very disruptive forces. And so to come to a theme of your show, which is also innovation, if we want to think about what to get excited about, not just in 2022, but maybe in the next three to five years that will disrupt whatever industries we're in and hopefully will help us start thinking about strategically what we might want to be looking forward to and preparing for. I look for what is democratizing and decentralizing right now. And piggybacking off what Neil said, it's a very exciting time for many reasons. Sometimes it's like, man, we freaking live in the future right now. I mean, every once in a while it just hits me. So let me get specific. Look no further than blockchain, the metaverse, I mean, self-driving cars, these are insane things that are going to transform our world in the next five years. And so, you know, I'm just making online courses and building digital communities and platforms and helping others do the same. But, you know, in a few years, AI is going to transform what I do and what I teach people to do. Blockchain is going to transform. And, you know, we're in still in pretty early adopter phase of those things. And so I don't want to get too far, you know, way out there, but these are things that I'm, I'm excited about and thinking about, you know, I guess so in 2022, I'm excited about learning as much as possible about those technologies and forces so that I'm ready and laying the foundation for three, four or five years down the road in my industry and in my own business and my own life, my own investments, just going back to where I want to try to make a difference in the world. And these are all powerful forces to be planning towards and integrating into what we think about and, and strategize towards. So that's what has me excited right now. Mm. Yeah, well, that, there's certainly some amazing um, developments coming on that I think will happen sooner than people are ready for them. So there, there's certainly an opportunity there. Um, I've, I've got this um, photographic software, which is got a whole bunch of different artificial intelligence engines and it's just amazing what you can do with this thing it's like a digital darkroom but you can for example you can do things like replace the sky so if I've taken a photograph on a gray day where the sky is just this white gray background I can replace that entirely with anything I want I can put a thunderstorm back there I can put a sunset or a sunrise or anything which of course you know you can argue is that genuine but there are other things like um, automatically removing power lines, which is just amazing. I've got some old photos that are brilliant photos, except there's a couple of power lines in front of a castle, like a castle, uh, um, think of a Rapunzel tower, um, and beautiful photo. And it's got these uh, power lines. And I think there were also some clotheslines in front of it. Somebody had hang up, uh, put some clotheslines in across luckily they weren't any clothes there i cleaned it up with this artificial intelligence all you do is click one button and it just cleans it up oh that would be yeah. very useful for the film industry wouldn't it they've been using video toasters for years but if this mm. takes it to the next level i'd like to talk to you about that <laughs> well it's not mine it's uh, 
Uh, oh, but okay. I can tell you the software. Anyway, yeah. um, Aidan was going to share a book with us um, talking about the uh, social media conversation we were having. I did. I held this book up, so uh, but I'll hold it up again. The name of the book is Noise, and I think it came out last year. Um, so a lot of people will have actually already read the book. But if you haven't read this book uh, by Daniel Kahneman, it's uh, it's an excellent read. But even just being aware of the concept that decision making can actually be quite clouded um, by noise. Um, and, and noise is like, it's everything. It's the distractions. It's people's opinions. Um, when you get on LinkedIn, at least I experienced this. LinkedIn is a great example of noise. Um, I'll pop into LinkedIn and in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to spend 10 minutes here starting conversations with people. But then what happens to me, and I know I'm not the only one, <laughs> is I see all these posts and flashy, it's like walking through Las Vegas, neon lights and, and the sound of the, you know, the slot machines going and all these things and people being like, buy this and, and sell that. And if you're going to sell that, you got to buy this. And it is super intense in there. All of that is noise. And then as a result, some of us will employ, you know, some sort of AI to help us post stuff. So we're like, we're starting conversations, but we're not even there. Yeah. And that's not really starting a conversation. So I think that um, noise is a good read. <laughs> uh, it's not about social media. It's simply about this idea. Um, and there are ideas in there about ways to get around that. As a consultant, um, it's part of my job, actually, to come in when I'm working with clients who are trying to collaborate more effectively, collaboration is a place where there can be a ton of noise. And so having somebody come in and show you how to um, use noise to your advantage, and then how to cut out all that noise to make a choice um, can be really, really important uh, to spend time doing and building systems around and all that stuff. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's just a book recommendation. And I was inspired because, you know, it was like, I think Neil even used the word noise and what he mm. was talking about, that there's a lot of noise. So I think, <laughs> you know, it's a good read. Mm. Um, I, I think noise. what you're saying, Aiden, and very well is that the way to differentiate yourself, the way to brand yourself, Kevin, the way to the way to be memorable for all of us is to add value and content that is useful to everyone and to so outpace the shiny pennies that are out there that everybody mm. is clinging to like the polls on LinkedIn, which I could scream, and I actually did a blog scream <laughs> last week when a guy wanted to know, how do you apply ketchup to your French fries? And I thought I'd go crazy. <laughs> and I and I said, okay, I'm writing on this. This is enough of this crap. I can't stand it any longer. And I wrote it. I got a lot of support on it because people are sick of it. And it comes to the point where the quality is missing. The quantity is overabundant. And quality will outpace quantity any day. And if it doesn't, that's not your audience or, to Neil's point, your entourage. I think that's right on the money. I will say, Mark, I will defend the poll only in this particular specific way. If you are looking to write a piece and you want to get a bunch of information really fast, right now LinkedIn appears to be promoting those polls. So you can get a lot of I would not call it high quality information, but you can get a lot of information really quickly by doing one of those polls that then people do. People are like, I love having opinions. I'll vote on the dumb poll. Even, even <laughs> and then, but then 
I think, you know, it's, it's that improv mindset that, that you want to take and use things that when you're accepting offers, you don't want to just, which to me, the offer of somebody being like, I clicked your button. That's an offer. You want to take and use that. Um, and do something with it. Do a piece of writing. Send something to your mailing list. Hey, I did this dumb poll, but here's what I learned based on the poll. I'm curious what your opinions are. If you want to have a conversation about it, call me. You know, like then, then it might be useful. Do I think though that you have to find a use for a feature just because LinkedIn put it there? I don't. Okay, I'll agree with you there. Um, I see Iggy did, did a poll, and I, I thank you for leaving the word ketchup out of your poll, Iggy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really think it has no place in business conversation unless you're Heinz ketchup. Uh, the, the point is, uh, well, let me ask you, Iggy, what was, the, what was the topic of your poll? Let's see if, you know, what, what you uh, intended to get from it. Yeah, uh, a friend and I are starting sort of a LinkedIn Live sort of regular sort of conversation that we have. And so she was like, we need to poll the people on what they want. To, has to include in our next conversation. So it was really about what Aiden was saying, narrowing in on what kind of content do you want? Is it, I think she started with a poll of four things. We have a tie. So I'm like, great, here's the next poll of the two things. It, it's only, you know, I'm probably, I don't know. I'm not uh, the LinkedIn power user that you are, Mark, but I'm like, oh, this will probably be useful. Someone will have an opinion, hopefully. It'll give us guidance and then we'll be able to do at least what some people who care want to hear about. So yeah, I think I that that's a different example. Yeah, I yeah. celebrate that use of poll. opinions here. I mean, you, anybody can click a switch. I mean, it's so simple. Uh, the, the likes, I say, I could teach a monkey how to click likes, and, and the monkeys will do a great job of it. So don't be a monkey. Tell us why, you know? So right. hopefully you can use the data that you got and to its point and use it effectively and intelligently, and, and I'm sure you will. But we hope. We hope I will. <laughs> It's, it's driving me nuts. Well, this is the first one I did too. And that was literally yesterday, which is why this topic, you know, I had to blabber on it at all. But I'm like, oh, it, polls are old, old news. I didn't know. I'm late to adopt the polls, I guess. <laughs> it's that thing where people, they're trying to engage for the sake of engagement. And I've, I'm guilty of doing this yeah. as I experimented with different platforms as well. It is confusing if you're trying to utilize social mm -hmm. media and you have no idea what you're doing and you don't want to hire somebody to tell you or read a book. Then you're going to make a lot of mistakes where you're like, I was told engagement and consistency matters. And then you're going to do a bunch of random stuff like a poll on ketchup and discover the hard way that doesn't get you what you're looking for. So, you know, I can't fault people for trying, but what it creates is just that, you know, the noise in the system where instead of building those connections, you're like inundated with neon lights and cha-ching sounds or whatever. I think it's what's important, sad, the most important though is that I had thousands of responses. And you know what? Really intelligent polls get maybe dozens or hundreds of responses. And it just tells me the common denominator keeps dipping lower and lower in what should be the water cooler for global business. And that saddens me. So my yeah. job as a one-man operation and a one-man crusade is to re-intelligentize, if that's a verb, <laughs> the use of LinkedIn in a way that we can all benefit from it as a learning tool. My God, that's radical. It's crazy. I don't mind being radical or crazy. Yeah, and, and you mentioned quality content. And I think that's a really important thing. If you can add value, then um, add that value and hopefully it's to the community that, that you want to be connected to. 
I, there's a couple of things I'd like to do, and I'm just aware of the time also. It's a great conversation. Um, on the subject of quality, um, giving, um, given that we're moving into the next 500 episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast, I wanted to get some ideas from you. What can we do better? What can we improve on? How can we up the quality of the podcast going forward for the next 500 episodes? May I start and ask a quick answer for that? Okay. I deal with a lot of people who are asking the same question. And what I, I basically answer them is, if you've gotten the 500 episodes, please, Jurgen, don't do one thing that a lot of people do. Don't add a fifth leg to the chair when it doesn't need only another leg. It just only needs four legs. In other words, people add additional layers of complexity thinking they've got to sometimes make things better. If you're doing it right and you've gotten through 500 episodes, more I would say focus more on what was it about it that got you through those 500 and capitalize on those ingredients and instead of making the thing more complex. Hmm. I, I, you know, one thing that really bugs me is these 22 year olds run the world because they keep coming out with a new version of Microsoft or this app. I, I'm on WhatsApp and I, I swear I wanted to pull in someone on a call and now I've got a dashboard that has more features and I'm not sure if we're working or not because they didn't give me the instruction manual. And the point is, it's just, you know, your humanity at the core of things and your demeanor and your ability to connect with people, I think is the heart and soul of what the show is about. So all I would ask is please, you know, maintain that kind of nucleus and bring in a family of people, keep it family oriented with that sense of family connectivity and maybe on some technological level, you want to expand through additional channels to help enable that. But stay true to your true theme and core. Mm -hmm. And I know that this thing is going to continue to manifest in the way that you'd like. That's just my two cents. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. I was going to say, Jurgen, very similarly, keep doing what you're doing. It's incredibly impressive. Um, not only, not only not only have you achieved 500 episodes, but you've created community, which goes beyond what most every other podcaster has done. Thank you for that. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. I was going to recommend, I think you've got my customer discovery course. You're going to, yeah. I was going to say, if you haven't already done it, just take that process and go have conversations with a dozen of your listeners and ask them, that i mean i'm sure these, these are all i mean everyone here's saying keep doing your doing i think that's great advice too and if you want to know it's like well what is it that you're doing that you should double down on and maybe what are a few tweaks that might get made you know um a dozen conversations with your listeners using that process and i'm sure you'll find some really interesting themes that pop up mm -hmm. thanks for that and then share it back to them and they'll find it fascinating that it's like oh wow not only did he talk to the audience, now he's sharing with us what they said. And I totally, you know, like they, 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 they can fall down on that, the, mm -hmm. the listeners in that as well. Hey, Jurgen, what about the best of Jurgen Strauss? <laughs> you must have certain podcasts like of the 500 yeah. that you thought were just like stellar, absolutely incredible. Or maybe there are certain themes that were some of those really stellar, incredible podcasts hit on that you can merge together. It's not cheap to do the best of because what it is is it's curated material yeah. that you feel is important that we need to rehear 
in a different lens, a different audience, a different mindset post-pandemically hmm. or pandemically. Never I love that, Mark. And it would give you a chance to take a beat yeah. too, Jurgen, because I feel like the amount of consistency and and keep addedness that's required to do 500 episodes is really intense. And if you were able to just have some time to reflect on what you've already done and and like kind of let that in, I imagine that there'll be all sorts of things that that bubble up to the surface for you. Mm. Yeah, that's a I for one suggestion. look, I look forward to your book that's entitled <laughs> Best mm. Of or What I Learned from 500 Episodes of the Novavos Podcast. The because I think, you know, you don't even, it doesn't even have, it's like a chapter heading and then pull quotes. Like you can do, you could easily have a 500 page book, one quote for every page. I would, I would, anyway, I look forward to that. So take and <laughs> I, do that I would refer you to Michael Drew on that. If anyone knows Michael Drew, he's made probably a thousand people New York Times bestsellers. So that would be the simplest level of complexity for that particular project. And I'd be delighted if I could make that introduction. Hmm. I am having conversations with Michael, so. Um, Are you? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, you've you introduced oh, me with. already, so that's great. <laughs> oh, I did, that's right, I forgot. Well, that's hmm. great. I'm so glad you guys connected. It's perfect, because you're both hmm. very authentic. All right, um, I, I think it might be a good time to wrap up now, but I know uh, Aiden shared a book and Audrey posted a comment, best book. So, how about we all quickly share a book that kind of is top of mind right now that, that um, you think would be valuable for our listeners to dig into? Do you want to go, Audrey? I'm happy to share a, a book that I'm a real big fan of is uh, this one right here, Nine Lies About Work, uh, Marcus Buckingham and Ashley Goodall. It's an incredible book about some of the, um, some of the challenges in corporate America some of the uh, practices that are no longer working to motivate people and help people stay on task with goals. But one of my favorite um, learnings from the book is uh, thoughts on leaders. And there's a discussion about what leaders have in common. And, and there's many lists of what leaders have in common, but what it all comes down to according to this book is that great leaders, the only thing they have in common is their ability to inspire followers. And, and that's what we all need to do. Regardless of our individual strengths, our individual weaknesses, if we can inspire followers, we could become a great leader. Mm. Right, love that one. I, I haven't actually read that, so I'm gonna add that to my list. Well, I've got one. Let me see if I can get it focused because I've got this ridiculous back up, background. The Startup of You by Reid Hoffman. Reed Hoffman, not because he founded LinkedIn, but because he wrote one hell of a good book. And the basic of this book is you're always in beta and embrace it. You're never going to be a finished product in this environment. And it's okay. And the more people you connect to who are quality connections, the further your reach will ever go. So it's called I to the power of we. I think it's an amazing concept. It's brilliantly simple. I mean, who was talking about Take everything, and Neil, you were talking about taking everything down to the most simplistic way. I to the, to the uh, exponent of we is so smart. Before you add somebody as a connection, figure out if they're going to add value to you and you can add value to them. Figure out the ratio and you got a new connection that can really influence you. So it's a great book. I've listened to it in the car about nine times. I don't listen to a book twice. 
it's uh, it's really a go back to it often. It's a wonderful book. Excellent. Another one to add to my list. Audrey, you had one in mind. Yeah. So I mentioned Cal Newport's book, which is has been out for a billion years, which is great. But I wanted to mention The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter, um, which is a really interesting book that is uh, it's not a business book. It is a human book. And um, it really talks about this relationship to comfort that we have now as especially as Americans and maybe maybe worldwide and how we've kind of lost our ability to uh, be with discomfort and what discomfort means in our bodies and what discomfort means in our lives. And he, he goes on this whole um, journey. He goes on a, a hunting trip in the Alaskan wilderness and it's, and he kind of uses that as the, the thread that weaves the whole book together. And it's really, I mean, I read the thing in like a, like a night, it was such an easy read. It was really informative. And um, I think this is, it's like a really good, I think backdrop as we're having all these conversations about conversations and collaboration and being humans with humans. I think it's a really nice um, sort of like, what is it to be a human being and like, how are we made and how are we made to be biologically and physiologically? It's yeah, really interesting. So I highly recommend it. Mm, right. Well, thanks. Can fill up my reading list here for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> Iggy. Yeah, I uh, read constantly all the time. And the last book that really caught my eye and my attention was Breath by James Nestor. And this has been out for a little while, too. I see some nods. It's not super new, probably in the last three or four years. But really, it's literally about breathing, <laughs> like the, which we kind of literally take for granted all the time. Like, we're good at it. We're doing it. But we might actually be doing it not as well as we could be. So it was fascinating. And it really talked about how we breathe, basically through our mouth versus our nose, and how that affects our our life. But also, these he ties together these sort of different pieces. Like, the part to me that was really sort of fascinating was that we have these sort of six second breath patterns that are mirrored in different chanting practices in different religions and different sort of around the world. And you're like, oh, it's always like sort of six seconds to say this part and six seconds to breathe in the next part. And so we've sort of found this through different cultures was one, I mean, this one tiny chapter. And uh, yeah, so super fascinating and interesting and something we can all do, like we all breathe. So we can all put a little more attention to. I loved it. Right. Thanks, Jason. Well, I'll dovetail a little bit off of Iggy and Audrey. My books, I guess what I'd call a, a people human book. I'm a big fan of business books and leadership books, but this one is uh, an everyone book. Um, the Body Keeps the Score. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of people listening to your show are very like, you know, driven, business, entrepreneurial, whatever, right? And we talk in those circles a lot about mindset, which is great, like how our beliefs, you know, control what we do and, and so forth. And that's important to work on your mindset. But the truth of the matter is what they're learning in the science in the last few decades is so much of it is in our nervous system. It's in our body. And in fact, changing the way we react to things has a lot more to do with trauma, understanding our nervous system, reprogramming that nervous system, and less about reprogramming the mind, which is something we talk. I'm not saying that's not also important, but um, it's such a fantastic book because it talks about the basics of that science and then gives some different modalities that um, you can use to, to get in touch with those things that are stored inside of your body from your past and are the programming that is affecting everything you do every day right now. 
Um, so if you want to really make change in your life, it seems like it's a very powerful, and I believe it's going to become more and more mainstream and we're going to see it show up more in mental health fields and, and I think, but it might take a little while. So I, that's, that's my recommendation. It's been a huge benefit for me. You know, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life and it's, it, I've been doing a lot of different things related to the body keeps the score this year. That's, or, you know, the past year that has made a big difference in how I manage and, and leverage and live with anxiety in my life. So that's uh, that's my recommendation. Mm, sounds like a fascinating book. It's um, definitely one that I'll add to my list. Neil? Well, um, it's more of a challenging question for me. I'll just say this much, you know, as greatest things are now that are starting to manifest in the new year, the pandemic actually hit me, my business particularly hard because I tend to deal with very, very high level people and as that niche goes during the pandemic, they retrenched. So it was hard on my business and it gave me a lot of time to think and also read. So I spend time actually selecting biographies of people that I've admired, but they never really had the time to understand more completely. And I, I just decided to read people like Tesla and Sadat when he was in prison. Uh, John F. Kennedy profiles in Courage, uh, a little bit more of Lincoln, because I also want to expand out beyond the contemporary to go back to the historical, because it gives you a grounding in the contemporary. So I would just encourage people to also, if they're looking for perspective, select your leaders, people you admire, who you'd like to be more like, and learn more about them so you could take facets of them, their personality, their, uh, their philosophy, and incorporate them in yourself so that when you go through down and up cycles, you can uh, have them to fall back on and have a context and clarity that allows you to maintain and move forward. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm, I'm going to add one to the list that, that is probably a little bit out of the ordinary, and that's what attracted me to it in a way. And it was a, uh, this, the author was a guest on my podcast. I can't remember now whether we've already published this episode. Um, well, we would have published this episode by the time episode 500 publishes. Uh, his name is Jason Voyevich, and the book is called Marketer-in-Chief, How Each President Sold the American Idea. And it's a historical perspective. There's a chapter on every American president from um, George Washington right through to Joe Biden and he talks about how they what, what they what they did to sell the dream but also talked about their leadership and how they made decisions based on the information they had at hand and it's really a fascinating book because we learned a lot. I mean, I'm Australian, but we learned a lot about American history essentially through the lens of this was the period of that president and then the next period was another president. And this book actually goes into looking at it from a completely different lens. And it's quite fascinating to reflect back. And he also relates right back to George Washington how that impacts on today, what the mindset that has carried right. through. And one of the, I'm, I'm up to the chapter on Kennedy right now. Um, and, and 
that's I'm I'm really fascinated now. It's even becoming more fascinating because now I'm getting into the times when I remember. So I actually experienced those times, and I remember things that happened in those times. And to hear his kind of reflection on that and what the lessons were there, and he relates it to lessons in in business from a marketing point of view, from a sales point of view, and from a um, leadership point of view. That's really fascinating. Hey, I just like to respond to that because you know it's important for all of us to have the big picture and understand where we fit into it. Uh, and as you can see from this whole discussion, we each have bring our own genius and our own uh, perspective and our own history to this discussion. But I, I, I worry about the future because in an era of social media, we've been reducing people to 140 characters or less than they're thinking. And it's pretty hard to explain Hiawatha or the works of Shakespeare. So one of the things I always try to bring back to myself is the bigger picture and the context and clarity of like where we came from, where we are now and where we're going so that we can make better decisions from a 10,000 foot level. And uh, sometimes if you're too close to your own puzzle, you don't have that clarity and you may be able to help other people, but it's also important to help ourselves and then contextually help all of us figure out how we take the appropriate steps to address these grand challenges that we're facing. I remember reading somewhere that some of the social media inventors who created the biggest platforms we're using today regretted it because with all the money they've made, they've changed actually how the human brain functions and taking in information and also sharing back information. And you can't give the context when you're working at the speed of light and you can't provide the clarity when you're reducing the signals and the way you send information. And even when you hide behind social media and can have a persona and you know the coarsening of culture that's taking place. And these are things that I worry about, but I do believe that there's a lot of enlightened people on this uh, broadcast today. And provided you, you stay and are guided by your own inner lights and you're on the right course, you can pay it forward and amplify all of that. And I think that should be the focus for everybody today. And so I'm just grateful for the opportunity that you invited me to participate here. I got a lot out of it and I thank you. Well, thanks. Neil, Helen. I think you're, I think you're right on. And I think, um, you know, at the art of change, we often say change is inevitable. Uh, progress is not. And it's how we relate to each other that makes the difference between simply being tossed by the tides of change and actually making a positive impact for the future. At the pace the world is changing in this moment, it can feel exceedingly uncertain. Um, but the truth is we all have practice in feeling uncertain from the other parts of our lives before the pandemic. You may mm. recall how uncertain things felt then. This has certainly seemed to amplify things because adrenaline has been coursing through people's experiences. Fear has driven a lot of, of uh, driven a lot of choices. And now we're sort of at this point of reckoning, I think, where we're nearly two years in to uh, our whole, uh, everything we took for granted being flipped on its head, right? So we're now two years into that and it's time to start paying attention in new and different ways. I feel encouraged by this conversation like you do, Neil. And I 
I feel encouraged actually quite often because what I've discovered by getting off of Facebook and having to actually call people up and have conversations with them is that even where I have relationships where our politics aren't in alignment, we can actually talk about them hmm. without getting into a screaming match or name calling or devaluing each other as people. Um, because when you're talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, you remember that you're people and you're well on your way to a more reasoned dialogue, a more meaningful conversation when you have it one-on-one, -on -one, um, just immediately, just by the nature of doing that. I'm, I'm actually involved with some people on that very issue right now. It's probably one of the most important people of, of issues that we can work on because Absolutely. we can, if we can work on solving climate change, if we can work on solving desertification, uh, if, and these are scientific challenges and people I'm blessed to know. I have friends right now who are working on uh, basically solving the problem with uh, the polar ice caps melting by changing the temperature of ice. How creative is that? And that would involve geoengineering. But the point is we could solve all of those things technically, but if we can't solve ourselves, if we can't solve our ability to not see each other as an enemy because we have different points of view, but embrace those different points of view as adding value to our lives by giving us more perspective and frankly, more clarity I mean, that's what democracy is about. Then we lose democracy and we lose our ability to then make it to the 22nd century. And it concerns me greatly. And it's one of the things I'm deeply involved with and interested in. And I think to bring it all home, Jurgen, you're contributing to that by humanizing technology and helping a lot of people, particularly in marketing, have the tools to get messages out there to understand the importance of not just the approach of getting it out there, but the content and what the message is and how it can basically open up opportunities for people to come together rather than create a sense of alienation and drive us more distantly from each other. So I would like to say, if you want any ideas on how the next 500 episodes should go, I would say, think about themes, not, not a matter of, you know, structure. We all have those ingenious ways and to connect people through our channels that we're experts in, but really the messaging is the most important. And I would just say on message because you've been doing a great job of it. Mm. Well, thank you. And there's just some really good wrap up points there. I'm just looking at the time now and I, I think it's a good point to start to wrap this up. So um, I mean, Aidan and Neil have shared some good parting thoughts. Um, anybody else want to share some parting thoughts and then we'll finish the recording. Well, I'm a big fan of serendipity it is serendipitous that i have met now three new people that i didn't know before some of you have already connected to though the connection didn't materialize we haven't taken the effort to be in touch with each other i'd encourage all of us to since we all have similar aims and functions here to share material with each other or if i see you post or you see me post comment back to my earlier thing that i was saying because the more people that see you are the people that I already know and know well. The more people that see me are people that you already know and know well. Mm -hmm. That's how we create that community. That's what you're doing in a microcosm, Jurgen, and that's what we're all trying to do a little bit better. And yeah, we can all disagree. We can professionally disagree and stay professional in a debate, never let it get to what we were saying before, you know, the down and dirty, but it just opens minds. And you know, the whole world's watching what we're doing. 
because we have connections all over the world. I've got a new connection in Ghana, and he comments on every single thing I say every single day since I got here. And you know what? It's all intelligent thought. But he has a Ghanaian point of view, and I don't know a Ghanaian point of view, and I find it really fascinating. So I've enjoyed this. I, I you know, I, I come to these things that who knows who I'm going to meet? What the heck? Let's have fun with it. And I, I did. I had fun and I enjoyed meeting some of the new people. And uh, Jason and Kevin, I know Kevin for a long time now. Aiden, you and I had already connected as well. I think probably in the same time that I connected with Jason uh, back back a few months ago, a year ago. But nonetheless, let's keep it going. Let's. I, I, I'm big about the cohort. I think it just always opens up incredible opportunities. Thanks for that. And also for our listener, we'll post the LinkedIn um, LinkedIn profile link. Powerful. LinkedIn profile link for each of our guests. And what I encourage you to do when you reach out to them is comment on what you found valuable in the conversation today, um, particularly their own contribution. Great. Thanks. Thank you. You're gonna... And also sure. take my poll if there's one about ketchup up there. Everyone has to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to generate one just based on this conversation. Oh my God. So thanks for that fun tip. Oh, Thank you, do, everyone. We could do one on beer. <laughs> that might be more, get more response. And Jeremy, right. I want to just say personally, that's what's so great about you. You're honestly and earnestly enjoy connecting people and bringing all these amazing thought leaders together and then providing the tools and, you know, ability to connect with them. And I think, again, as you look to the next 500 episodes, that's your secret. I don't see too many people around the world doing that without some kind of expectation and return. And as you and I both know, when the tide goes out, the tide comes back. It's the laws of nature. So it's like when I spoken on stage, uh, you know, Newton's third law, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. But to receive an action, you first have to take one. And that's what you do. And that's why you've been so blessed to have some so many of these amazing people in your life. So keep doing that. And, and you know, the tide will find you. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for what was a really engaging conversation and lots of great ideas, lots of great discussion. I really appreciate you spending time with me. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put this show together, go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift that my team and I have made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. I hope you enjoyed that engaging, insightful and informative conversation and are feeling inspired with ideas. This episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash 500a. That is the numbers 500 and letter A, all lowercase or one word innovabiz.co forward slash 500a. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with our guests, as well as links to the resources and other information we spoke about in our conversation. 
Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.